Somebody say amen to that. Luke 17, 19, and he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. I want you to look at your neighbor next to you. Your faith will make you whole. Look at somebody on the other side and say, Your faith will make you whole. Now lift those hands to God and say, God, we thank you right now that our faith in you will make us whole. If you believe that, put your hands together as you posture yourself uh, to receive the word of God. God bless you. You may be seated in his uh, presence. Can the church say amen? I want to minister a simple message entitled Steps to Divine Wholeness. Everybody shout divine wholeness. Step number one is the source of wholeness. This point stresses that man is not the source of wholeness. Materialism is not the source of wholeness. God is the source of wholeness. Anybody convinced God is your source this morning? That's why the Bible says in Job chapter 5 and verse 18 in the latter part that God's hands make us whole. This verse reminds us that the hands of man cannot make you whole. But the hands of God can make you whole. God is the source of wholeness. Can I get a loud amen to that? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, see my hands right here? They cannot make you whole. But tell them, God's hands can make you whole. Come on, if you're convinced that his hand is mighty enough to make you whole, put your hands together and give your God some praise. God is the source of wholeness. The Bible says in Acts 4.10 uh, that Peter declared this, Be it known unto you all, uh, that and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand before you whole. Peter told the religious leaders of that day concerning the man to whom uh, Peter said, uh, um, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says that the man got up and went walking and leaping and praising God. And Peter told them that the name of Peter did not make him whole. The name of John did not make him whole. The name of James did not make him whole. It was the name of Jesus that made this man whole. May I remind you this morning that there is a name that is above every name. May I remind you this morning that at that name, every knee will bow. Uh, and every tongue will confess that that name, Jesus Christ, uh, is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Can I get a loud amen? And, and it is that name that makes you whole. That's why Peter said to a man who was paralyzed in Acts chapter 9 and verse 34. He said, Aeneas, Jesus Christ makes you whole. Arise and make your bed. And the Bible says he arose immediately. This morning, I believe God is saying that whoever you are, whatever your name is, Jesus Christ is able and willing to make you whole. Can I get an idea, man, to that? Look at the name and say, neighbor, I don't care what your name is this morning. Jesus Christ 
is able and willing to make you whole. Anybody convinced he's a source of your wholeness? Put your hands together and give that name some praise. Somebody say hallelujah. But benefiting from this source begins with the truth of the next point. Number two, the need for wholeness. On one occasion during the earthly life and ministry of Jesus, the Bible says that many sinners and publicans came to eat with Jesus and his disciples. And the Pharisees criticized him for it. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 9 and verse 12 that when Jesus heard their criticism, he said unto them, They that are whole do not need a physician, but they that are sick. And here's the truth that Jesus was communicating. Everybody needs wholeness. Everybody needs wholeness. But you can't benefit from the source of wholeness if you don't admit your need for wholeness. How many folk here are saying, I need to be made whole in some area in my life? Then lift your hands right now and say, Lord Jesus, I need to be made a whole. And the meeting of this need begins with the next point, number three, the touch for wholeness. The Bible says concerning a woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years uh, about which she had spent all her money uh, on trying to get help from physicians who could not help her. And uh, she discovered that man is not the source of your wholeness. God is the source of your wholeness. For the Bible says in Matthew 9, 21 that she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I will be made whole. And this woman said, I know the source of wholeness. I know my need for wholeness. So no matter what, I have to experience the touch of wholeness. And I know I will be made whole. And she was not the only one who discovered the power of this touch for the Bible says in Matthew 14, 36, that many people on one occasion besought Jesus that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched were made perfectly whole. The Bible says as many as touched the hem of his garment were made whole. This means that since Jesus is no respecter of persons, if he touches one, how many know he'll touch another? That's why you don't have to be jealous uh, of what you see God doing in someone else's life. Uh, because uh, if he touched them, how many know he's good enough to touch you as well? Can I get a loud amen to that? A instead of getting jealous about God touching somebody's life, you ought to get excited about it. You ought to rejoice with those that rejoice. Because how many know you could be the next one in line? Can I get a loud amen to that? Look at the neighbor and say, neighbor, if God touched me, he'll touch you. And look at that same person and say, if he touched you, he'll touch me too. So why don't we put our hands together and give God praise that he is willing and able to touch everybody. Can I get a loud amen to that? If you touch him, you'll be made perfectly whole, completely whole, uh, totally whole, entirely whole. Uh, but you have to want to be made whole, uh, which leads to the next point. Number four, the desire for wholeness. Everybody shout desire. John chapter 5 and verse 6 says that when Jesus saw this man uh, lying and knew that he had 
been now a long time in that case. And he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? King James uh, uh, vernacular. Do you have a desire to be made whole? Do you want to be made whole? And without going into the details of this well-known story of the pool of Bethesda miracle, let me just say that Jesus, in essence, in this what appears to be a strange question under these circumstances, is saying the question is not do I desire for you to be made whole. Jesus is saying the question is do you want to be made whole? You see, when your desire to be made whole aligns with his desire to be made whole, uh, that is when your wholeness process will begin to be manifested. Because sometimes God just wants to see how bad you want him to do what he wants to do for you. Do you desire to be made whole? But you must be willing to stretch, which leads to the next point. Number five, the stretch for wholeness. Everybody shout stretch. In Mark chapter 3 and verse 5, on one occasion, the Bible says that when Jesus looked around about on them, the religious leaders with anger, being grieved for the hardness of their heart, he said unto the man, stretch forth thine hand. And he stretched it out, and his hand was restored whole, as the other. You see, some people desire to be made whole, but they are not willing to stretch to be made whole. Stretching gets you out of your comfort zone. Stretching means sometimes you need to be exposed to others around you. Uh, stretching means sometimes you got to do something that doesn't make sense to be done. But if you want to be made whole bad enough, and how many want to be made whole bad enough? If you want to be made whole bad enough, you don't care what folk think. All you care about is what Jesus thinks. And if Jesus says stretch to be made whole, you'll stretch to be made whole. Can I get a loud amen to that? And when you do so, you can't let fear kill your faith. Which leads to the next point, number six, uh, the faith for wholeness. Everybody shout faith. Um, there's an interesting verse of scripture in Luke chapter 5 and, and Luke chapter 8 and verse 50 where Jesus on one occasion um, heard of a need and he answered and said, fear not, believe only, and she'll be made whole. And I believe that is the word of the Lord for someone here this morning. Fear not, only believe, and you'll be made whole. I want you to reach over and look at your neighbor. Just gently touch him on the shoulders. If you can't reach him, just stretch to him and say, fear not. Only believe and you will be made whole. Find somebody else and point at him and say, fear not. Only believe and you will be made whole. Lift your hand and say, Lord, help me right now to not let fear kill my faith. Because you said, fear not, only believe, and I will be made whole. Come on, do this over your head right now. Say, I get rid of the spirit of fear right now. And I release the spirit of faith into my mind, my heart, my spirit, my family, my finances, my business, every area of my life. And I claim divine wholeness right now. Come on, if you're claiming divine wholeness, put your hands together and give your God some praise. Somebody say hallelujah. 
And let me close with uh, this one way to release your faith uh, uh, to be made uh, a whole in the next point. Number seven, the thanksgiving for wholeness. Everybody shout thanksgiving. It's found in Luke chapter 17 and verse 19. When on one occasion uh, Jesus was walking through, the Bible says, Samaria and Galilee. And there were ten lepers crying out, Master, have mercy on us. And they cried out with a loud voice. Because sometimes you got to get desperate enough to be willing not to look cute in your relationship with Jesus. Sometimes you got to get desperate enough to be willing to not look dignified in your relationship with Jesus. Sometimes you got to get desperate enough to not uh, act all sophisticated and that's beyond you and it don't really take all of that. But how many know if you ever get in a bad place and you realize that man can't help you, anybody know what I'm talking about, then you're willing to get uh, outside of your normal way of doing things to even get out of character and get out of the box and get out of your comfort zone because you know that if Jesus doesn't help you, you're not going to get any help. I wonder if I got any desperate people in the house. Somebody say hallelujah. Lift your hands and say, Master! Have mercy on him. Anybody glad he's a good God and he'll pause and he'll heal you and he'll have mercy on you. Can I get a loud amen to that? The Bible says they cried out with a loud voice, Master, have mercy on us. And the Bible says Jesus just responded with this word. He said, go and show yourself to the priest. Now, if you understand the Mosaic law, you understand that the law concerning the cleansing of a leopard is that once he was cleansed, once he was healed, then he was to go to the priest and show himself, and the priest would publicly declare and uh, pronounce uh, and, and proclaim that this leopard has now been cleansed and he can now re-enter the normal social life of interacting with folk because the lepers had a, had a law over their lives that said you had to stay away from other people so that what was on you didn't get on them. And so they walked around in loneliness. They walked around in rejection. They, they walked around disconnected. They, they walked around in a low place all the time. But he said, once you get cleansed, then you go to the priest. But Jesus says, I'm going to reverse that thing. I'm not telling you to go after you see that you're cleansed. I'm telling you to go now. And though it's not manifested, just start acting like it's going to be manifested in the name of the Lord. Somebody say hallelujah. And God is saying to somebody here this morning, don't wait till the battle is over before you start acting like you got the victory. How many know sometimes you got to shout like you got the victory when all hell is breaking loose? How many know you got to shout sometime and say I'm healed even when it's not manifested in your body? How many know sometimes you got to shout like the need has already been met when you don't see how ends are going to be made? I wonder if I got anybody that's got a pre-manifestation shout in your belly. Somebody say hallelujah. Anybody got a need right now and say, I don't know how it's going to be met, but I do know Jesus. I do know Jehovah Jireh. I do know El Shaddai. I do know 
the God of more than enough. I do know Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my healer. Somebody say hallelujah. Sometimes you got to act like it's already done. Even when it has not yet been manifested. Somebody say hallelujah. Oh, I feel like giving God a, 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 a pre-manifestation praise. Did you hear what I said? A, a pre-manifestation praise. The blessing hadn't been manifested yet. The breakthrough has not been manifested yet. The healing hadn't shown up in my body yet. Uh, the money ain't in the bank yet. But I wonder if I got about it's got a pre-manifestation praise in your belly and you don't mind releasing it right now and acting like God is able and God God is willing to release your manifestation. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Matter of fact, somebody need to praise your way on into your deliverance right now. Can we pause right now with a praise break and take about one or two minutes and give God a pre-manifestation of praise and blessings and glory and honor for what he's getting ready to do in your life. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And here's what the Bible says. Here's the power of acting on the word of God. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, as they went, they were cleansed. Here's our tendency. Because we operate in the realm of the natural and we haven't learned yet to operate in the realm of the supernatural. 99.9% yeah. .9 of the time we walk by sight. And sometimes God has to let everything you see and everything you have been leaning on and everything you've been relying on and everything you've been depending on to be removed from your sight. To get you to that place where you walk by faith. When God would prefer, when everything is before you, regardless of how negative it is, regardless of how discouraging it is, regardless of how depressing it is, regardless of how dark, dim, and dismal, and defeating it is, you say, I don't care how bad it looks. I don't walk by sight. I walk by in the God of the invisible. Who can do the impossible? Somebody say hallelujah. God is trying to get us to the place that we trust him even when it doesn't make sense to trust him. It's easy to serve God when you got everything you need and everything you want. When there's not a challenge there. But that comes a time when Jesus will say to you like he said to the ten lepers. Go and show yourself to the priest. And the Bible says that as they went, our tendency is to say, okay, I know the law. I know, I know what, 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 what the, the, the Bible says. I know what the natural circumstance is supposed to be before I show myself to the priest. And so I'm not healed yet. I'm not cleansed yet. But the Bible says the, the word of Jesus was so powerful to them. They said, if Jesus said it, I'm going to act like it's already done. I wonder if I got about five people here this morning that says, if Jesus said it, I'm going to start acting like it's already done. 
Now, now, I wonder if I got five people on this side that are willing to say, if Jesus said it, I'm going to start acting like it's done. I wonder if I got anybody in the middle who is saying, if Jesus said it, I'm going to start acting like it's already done. Come on, you better give God some. It's already done. Praise in the name of the Lord. Somebody say hallelujah. And the Bible says that as they went, they were cleansed. And they continued on. They said, oh, man, he did it. And nine went on their way and made it to the priest and did what the law required. They showed them, but that was one. He stopped and started giving God glory. And he turned and fell at the feet of Jesus and started giving him thanks. And Jesus said, were there not ten cleansed? He said, where are the other nine? How come this Samaritan, who is the only one that came back, to give God thanks. And here's what he said to that one. And this is the point that I'm driving home this morning. He said, go your way. Your faith has made you whole. See, the other nine were just cleansed. They just got help on the outside. But the one was made whole. See, you can have everything going right on the outside, but still be messed up on the inside. See, if you're going to be made whole, and I wonder if I got anybody that really want to be made whole. If you're going to hear Jesus say your faith has made you whole, anybody want some divine wholeness in here? See, I'm not talking about temporary relief from some difficult circumstances and you just want a break. God, can you give me a break from this hell that I'm in? How many of you have been there? And how many real folk are saying sometimes I just need a bit of relief? But see, when you get the relief, oftentimes we don't tell God, thank you for the relief. We don't tell God, thank you for the help. We don't tell God thank you for the breakthrough but I wonder if I got uh, anybody here that will join that one right now and say Lord I may not have everything I want or need in life but you've already been better to me than I've been to my own self so I'm not going to wait till I get everything before I pause to tell you thank you for what you've already done come on anybody want to give him thanks that will release wholeness in your mind wholeness in your emotions Wholeness in your spirit, wholeness in your soul, wholeness in your psyche, wholeness on the inside that manifests itself on the outside. Somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. That one discovered what the other nine did not discover. He discovered divine wholeness. And God this morning is saying, take the step. To divine wholeness. Don't just let me do something for you on the outside. Let me do something for you on the inside. Because I mean, oh, Thanksgiving will change the way you see life. You can have everything that you want and need in life. But if you don't have a thankful spirit, you won't be whole. But how I many you know you can not even have enough to make it? But if you got a spirit of thanksgiving, how I many know peace will flood your mind? 
joy will fill your soul. There's a sense of contentment that'll cause you to walk around with a smile on your face and others look at you like they know you're about to go under. All hell is breaking loose, but they don't know the God you serve. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask a thing and you won't wait till it's manifested before you tell him thank you. You thanking him for everything he's already done for you and you thanking him for everything he's doing right now and you thanking him for what he's getting ready to do. God's going to release the spirit of thanksgiving in this atmosphere that's going to lead to wholeness by his divine hand. Can somebody say hallelujah? I pause right now to challenge you. I pause right now to challenge you to join the one leopard who was cleansed that came back, fell at the feet of Jesus, gave him glory, and told God thank you. I challenge you to not take for granted the very breath you are breathing right now. And pause and tell God, thank you. I challenge you to not take for granted that you were able to come to church today. Some wanted to come, but they could not come. I challenge you to thank God that you got food you could eat. Somebody say amen to that. You got clothes on your back. You got a roof over your head. And if you couldn't drive yourself here, somebody brought you here. Somebody say hallelujah. I challenge you to begin to thank God for even the smallest things he does for you. And I'm not telling you what I think will happen. I'm telling you what I know will happen. If you'll start telling God thank you. If you'll start cultivating an attitude of gratitude, if you'll stop complaining over the little stuff. Somebody said, if I had that, I consider myself the richest person in the world. Oh, sometimes you just need to look at the things that are going on in the third world countries and you'll stop complaining. One year when I went to Guatemala, I was so glad to get back to the United States of America. And I said, I'll never, ever complain another day in my life because God has been so good to us. And yet those folks were more grateful over there with hardly anything than us over here that's got more than enough. Anybody saying that, God, I'm going to give you thanks because you've been so good to me. Somebody say hi. Hallelujah. I challenge you right now to release thanksgiving. Lift your hands. Think about all that God has done for you already. Think about how good he's been to you. Sometimes we get so focused on what we lost that we don't thank God for what we kept, what we have. And we get so focused on the loss that we stop telling him thank you. My commitment is this. God, if you never, ever bless me again, I got a reason to tell you thank you throughout all eternity. Number one, my name is written in the Lamb Book of Life. So if all I do is get to heaven, I'm going to tell him thank you. Somebody say hallelujah. 
he doesn't do anything else for me in this life. And I know he will because I know his word and I know my God. And I'm persuaded that he's not a man that he should lie. And there's some things he promised he's going to do for Greg Burns. And I'm going to live to see him do it. Somebody say hallelujah. But if it never manifested, I'll never stop telling him thank you. Lift your hands right now. Make a conscious decision at the beginning of this year to thank your way into divine wholeness. With a spirit of gratitude. Just make a commitment right now. Just starting tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up. And the first thing you're going to do is say, thank you, Jesus. Let that be your assignment. Let that be the altar call. Because it's not what you do here in church that really changes your life. It's what you do every day of your life. And one of the most important things you can do is to tell Jesus thank you. Somebody say hallelujah. And we want to release that spirit of thanksgiving in this atmosphere this morning. And on the count of three, I just want you to jump to your feet and thank him. Bible says he shouted out with a loud voice and gave God glory and told Jesus thank you. Somebody say hallelujah. And I'm telling you that there's such an anointing in your Thanksgiving this morning that's being released that some of it by the time you get home, you like those ten lepers. What you came here believing God for, once you walk in the door, that thing will have already been changed. Some of it will be Tuesday morning if you ain't got to go to work tomorrow but for some of you it'll be when you get out of bed tomorrow just thank him all the way home thank him while you're at home thank him when you go to bed tonight thank him when you wake up tomorrow thank him all day long somebody say hallelujah my Bible says in everything give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you anybody want to tell God thank you this morning Anybody want to go ahead and stir up the spirit of gratitude? Anybody want to begin to express your appreciation for how good God has been to you? Anybody said, I'm going to stop thinking about what I've lost and start telling God, thank you for what I do have. And I believe the best is yet to come as I continue to tell you things. On the count of three, if that's you, jump to your feet and give him the loudest, wildest, craziest expression of thanksgiving that you can. Because you got a reason to do so. Come on, church. One, two, three. Tell your God thank you.